Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host, Stephen Buja, and joining me once again, the lovely, the talented, the Amy Thomason. Amy, how are you doing today? Hello. I'm very excited to revisit this movie, or I should say to visit the movie. Visit the movie. Oh, yes. Uh, So you have not seen today's film, which is a for your reconsideration, the 1995 Best Picture nominee. Babe, about the sheep pig, the little sheep pig who could. The little pig. So uh, it's uh, 23 years old. Uh, just had, just never got around to it. Never, never saw it. Never got around to it. There were a lot of other movies that came out that year, and so I was at the movies a lot. Yeah, this was like 20 something. This was I was still in high school. You're still high. Oh, you're still in high school. So, and no some of the other are. movies that were nominated that year, I saw more than once in the theater. And so, but this is a movie that is near and dear to a very dear friend of mine. Oh. And so it makes me think of her. Like I okay. texted, I was like, oh my gosh, we're doing Babe. I know how much you love this movie. Yeah. This is a film that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I was 12 when this came out and my parents love this movie. Uh, so they, we watched it all the time whenever it's on mom and dad would have, because it's one of those movies where yeah there's some bad things that happen but really it's just fun and uplifting and my uh and my aunt actually my uh, one of my aunts uh, she's actually a national uh sheepdog uh trainer she's very good at it and she says that yes there are, and, and, and after this movie there were quite a number of uh sheep pigs that uh, oh, that yeah really oh yeah she, they're, like they're also sheep if if you if you can train an animal that's like big enough, you can have anything. Like she has a uh, llama or an alpaca, one of whichever one of those that like sort of like a guard animal they for terrify. all of her sheep. A lot of those animals actually terrify me. I'm not even really? kidding. I'm not fun to go to a state fair with because I like back off and I don't like to get too close to them. So uh, it's, forgive me for asking, isn't that all there is to do down in the Carolinas? Go to the state fairs. Pretty much. Yes, it's coming up in October, actually. Okay, and is that but is that no. different than the okra strut? It is. It, the okra strut's like a fair slash we party on with okra. The peanut festival's coming up. It's a good time. Okay, well, I mean, but like goats and things. Really? This, so they scare the living crap out of me well then you know what i'm glad we are doing this movie for uh as the first film in october because this maybe is kind of a horror movie to you all these all these animals who are not only uh you know not only just existing but talking and some of them dying eyes the crazy eyes that they have crazy eyes llamas and goats those weird crazy like they're gonna come and eat you in your sleep yeah, I've been, uh, I was, I was actually, when last I saw this movie, I was up in Maine visiting and I, you know, was out showing my daughter the, the sheep and the, and the llamas and one of them locked eyes on me and just had this like, get the out of here look. And I'm like, okay, all right. That's he just started, he started walking towards me like, okay, llama, I'm just going to back away. I don't know. I don't think this fence yes. can hold you. Yes. He, was, he was very protective of his, of his flock indeed. 
Babe was directed by Chris Noonan, written by George Mad Max Miller. This is the second part of our two-part series on George Miller films and Chris Noonan as well, based on the novel by Dick King Smith. It stars James Cromwell, Magda Subansky, and the voices of Christine Cavanaugh, Hugo Weaving, Miriam Margolis, Danny Mann, and Miriam Flynn. And fun fact, the director of photography was Andrew Lesney, who uh, would also go on to later shoot Lord of the Rings in equally idyllic uh, locations as well. IMD, the synopsis is uh, a pig is raised by sheepdogs and the mayhem ensues, but fun, cheeky, adorable mayhem. But uh, Babe, a pig raised by sheepdogs, learns to herd sheep with a little help from Farmer Hoggett. Ah, continuing the themes of, you know what, you, if, you, if you're different, that's okay, of 2006 Happy Feet, our film last week, also written and directed by George Miller. It is, of course, a story of believing in yourself and that if you're, if you're different, that's okay. It's sort of very... And if you can tap dance... That's super amazing. That's, I mean, that's that's just a really cool skill in general. But if you can also herd sheep, those are if you can dumb animals. Up. They're really, they're just so dumb. Uh, and you know, so if you can do that, kudos, top 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 notch work right there. Uh, it was nominated and indeed won a couple of Academy Awards at the 68th annual show. And we're gonna come back after this break and talk a little bit. About that. Uh, I'd like to thank the membership for realizing that, that Babe was a visual effects film. Animals don't really talk. Uh, and to uh, George Miller and uh, Chris Noonan's vision of a world where animals have as much humanity and personality as humans do. To Carl Miller, whose amazing animal action just uh, was an inspiration to us. Uh, to Marcus Darcy, to John Friedkin and uh, to team at Rhythm and Hughes. I'd like to thank uh, John Stevenson and everybody at the Henson uh, Creature Shop. Above all, I'd like to thank my crew. Their brilliance and dedication make this their award too. I'd also like to thank you, the Academy. I'd like to thank Greg McKee, Chris Chitty, Matt Ward, my loyal crew, my mom and my family. Hey, to Chris Noonan, this is for you, your friends and your friendship. Thanks a lot. 60th Annual Academy Awards took place on March 25th, 1996. We have previously discussed that year's Best Picture winner, Braveheart, on a past, past, past episode with former co-host Alex Riviello. Uh, that was one of the films I was most looking forward to revisiting after a very long time and was also one of the biggest disappointments uh, I have had in my adult life. It is, uh, outside of the some music and some... No, actually, it's really the music that does all of the heavy lifting in that in that movie. James Horner's score is amazing, and basically sounds like Titanic. Uh, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a particularly good movie. Uh, I just. I. I think there are some stronger contenders that year. Some a lot of films that weren't even nominated for Best Picture, but. Agreed. But uh, first, let's talk about Babe. Babe. The little movie that could was nominated for a total of seven Academy Awards, winning one. What was that win? Best 
visual yes. effects. Yes, and an impressive win nonetheless. Uh, it's a mix. It's a mix of like small CGI and a lot of animatronic uh, animals that, honestly, I always forget that. Oh, a lot of these animals are not real in this movie. It's uh, very. I mean, you, one should never work with kids and animals, and they were working with all of the animals in this movie and it's uh it, it it's 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 a film that because it's so practical in its effect that it uh look look wise it has not aged in the 20 so years that it uh, since no. it since it's come out but it was also nominated for a bunch of others what were they Besides Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for Mr. James Cromwell, only... who lost to Kevin Spacey for The Usual Suspects. Yes. Uh, James Cromwell's only uh, nomination to date, a film where he said, oh, I don't have to, you know, he didn't have any lines, but he was, in fact, in almost all of the all of the movie. That, the... And very good. He's one of those, he's always going to work actors. Yes. Because he's that perfect guy to just put in your movie he's always he good is. or a tv show he's he he's that he has a recurring spot on the show um the detour which is just hysterical in it he, he, he can do everything he's a and he was great in la confidential he's just great yeah, he is he is what else best director best adapted screenplay which he lost to my girl emma thompson for sense and sensibility mm -hmm. we can get back to that best art direction and best editing yes uh so uh it lost best art direction to restoration which is a very very good looking movie and best editing to apollo 13 i suppose we should talk about the movies that it was nominated up against in best picture obviously it lost the braveheart also nominated that year apollo 13 great film uh one of ron howard's best okay never seen that one it's 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 solid work on it it was uh it's one of those times you're like you know what? They could, you know, uh, Tom Hanks. If he was nominated, he could have gone for the uh, for the Hat Trick Award because he had won two previous years for both Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. That uh, was not even nominated this year. In fact, Best Actor went to my boy Nick Cage for Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, also nominated was Il Postino, the Postman, not the Kevin Costner Postman. This is a foreign language film. Uh, the Postman, a film I have, uh, I've never seen that one. Have you? Have you seen this one? I think it's some romantic uh, thing or whatnot. And finally, of course, Sense and Sensibility, which, Amy, now is your time to discuss Sense and Sensibility. Oh my gosh. That is a personal favorite of, of mine. I have great memories of it. I saw it cold, went to see a different movie, and it was sold out. My friends and I were like, uh, Sense and Sensibility, fine. What is this movie about? First five minutes, I'm like, I have no idea what this plot is. And then I fell madly in love. And I wanted to be Kate Winslet. And I wanted to have the great Alan Rickman madly in love with me. I wanted him to carry me in from the rain. I wanted him to read poetry to me and just be in love with me because he was so charming in that movie. So that is a personal favorite i had the cd i bought this um the screenplay i loved that movie you can't you can't see it right now audience but she is actually swooning getting again getting, getting a little for you know it's my top 
probably five romantic movies that make me swoon. Not a lot of mainstream movies make me swoon. This movie was like every young Amy's vision of romance put on screen. And I was just awash in swoons. And is that why you became an English major? Did uh, would you later read Sense and Sensibility in high school or college? I did, but and I'm gonna get my English degree revoked. I'm not a huge Jane Austen person. I'm not a Jane Austen. I didn't read Pride and Prejudice until a couple of years ago. I thought it was good, but I'm not like I have a friend who's read every single one of her books and is you know part of like Jane Austen society. That is not me. Not you. Okay. I loved the movie, but it really was like Kate Winslet and. Alan Rickman and the way it was yeah, because nobody nobody's you you know one can never hear when reading a book like that you never hear Alan Rickman unfortunately because you just can't because nobody can do Alan Rickman except for Alan Rickman and I'd rather and I'd also rather have Alan Rickman as Colonel Brandon than Colin Firth as Mark Darcy like he's great but I'm not like a I'm not one of the Pride and Prejudice bandwagon fangirls. Hmm. You heard it here first. If uh, English English majors of America, please investigate this woman. She is she is a female English major who does not like Jane Austen, and I think that is actually (laughs) against the rules, right? I mean, I don't like Jane Austen, but whatever. Who cares? I'm I'm gonna do. That makes sense. But you surprising, very surprising. (laughs) It is. I'm totally that type. (laughs) Totally that type, but I'm not. Not at all. But I will say, uh, okay, of we'll just go Apollo thirteen and Sense Sensibility. Have it because I haven't seen Il Postino. I would put, I would, I haven't seen Apollo thirteen in a while. But Sense Sensibility is so good that I would probably give those awards over, you know, give that give those Best Picture over Braveheart. I just, Braveheart just oh, it's oh, I just want to. It's it's a teenage it's a teenage me movie because you know it's got it's got some it's got some nudity. It's got a ton of violence. Oh my god. Uh, and you know, fighting against the the man, it's 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 it's, oh, it's, 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 it's like Game of Thrones without the dragons. They're like, yes, sign me up. But I, the rest of it's like, this is so hammy. And Mel Gibson is a very good director. Say whatever yeah. shit you want about Mel Gibson as a person, and we will. He's awful. And we will. We will. Passion of the Christ and, and Apocalypto are two very well directed movies. He the guy is very good at this, but he's a shithead and can't. Although not as much as shithead as other guys. Like, Mel Gibson seems tame by comparison. Jesus Christ, these fucking guys these days. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, how about, how about a fun thing? Uh, we have to revoke Kevin Spacey's Oscars. We remove, we take away the usual suspects. Who gets it in uh, for Best Supporting Actor this year? Is it Cromwell? Is it Ed Harris for Apollo 13? Is it Brad Pitt for 12 Monkeys? Or is it Tim Roth in the Braveheart knockoff Rob Roy? I'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one, sir. That I do like Kevin Spacey in this movie. I do. I would not. Right, take no. Away yeah, I'm, I, I'm just. I, I wouldn't take away. He like he. You know, he's great. He's great. He's great. I'm saying because of current yeah. current climate, we yeah. we I, we revoke it, everything. Because I haven't seen a lot of those movies, but I like Ed Harris, and he's one of those guys who, like Cromwell, is consistently amazing. Yeah. So. He's also never won. It's one of those like. Really, we haven't given given Ed Harris an Oscar. Like that seems because wrong. Because he's like an everyman. He and I think 
Kevin Bacon, why has he never been nominated? Because he is good in every single thing that he's yeah. in. Was he and has he ever even been nominated? Is he nominated for the Woodsman? I'll have to get back to you on that. But yeah, I would, I would. Kevin Bacon needs to get. But just he's another one. He's never going to stop working because he's just good. He's still yeah, he's still loose. Great. Still loose. He's the Marine in A Few Good Men. Oh, yeah. He's, it's, uh, he's, 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 uh, he's long and very career, that one. But uh, we are. Mystic River. He was awesome. Yes. yes, he was. But we are not here to discuss all of this. Although. We will in pieces. One day we'll just take all of our talks of 95 and have a big 95 episode. Because we will return to this year. We will return to Sense and Sensibility. We'll probably throw on, I don't know, Dead Man Walking. Because that was a very powerful film that year. Apollo 13. This, we, when we go back to space, it could be a big, hey, look at us. We're finally back in space where we should have been for the last 50 years. And I'm so mad at, the, I'm mad at NASA and the government. But that's neither here nor there. Let us discuss a charming little pig, the farmer who believes in him, and all of the animals around in 1995's Babe. Stick around. Do forgive me for scratching you, dear. I got a bit carried away. <laughs> it's a cat thing. Oh, well. <laughs> but, <gasps> feeling good about tomorrow, are you? Mm -hmm. It should be all right, I think. Look, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm not sure if you realize how much the other animals are laughing at you for this sheepdog business. Why would they do that? Well. They say that you've forgotten that you're a pig. Isn't that silly? <laughs> they even say that you don't know what pigs are for. What do you mean, what pigs are for? You know why pigs are here. Why are any of us here? Well, the cow's here to be milked, the dogs are here to help the boss's husband with the sheep, and I'm here to be beautiful and affectionate to the boss. Yes. <sighs> the fact is that Pigs don't have a purpose, just like ducks don't have a purpose. Uh, I, I don't... Oh, all right, for your own sake, I'll be blunt. Why do the bosses keep ducks? To eat them. So why do the bosses keep a pig? The fact is that animals that don't seem to have a purpose really do have a purpose. The bosses have to eat. It's probably the most noble purpose of all when you come to think about it. They eat pigs? Pork, they call it. Or bacon. They only call them pigs when they're alive. But uh, I'm a sheep pig. Oh, the boss's husband's just playing a little game with you. Believe me, sooner or later, every pig gets eaten. The film Babe is based on the novel by Dick King Smith. Have you ever read the book Babe at any point? I have not heard of the fact that it was even a book until I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, huh. Okay, all right. Uh, neither have I. It's one of those, I, you know, maybe I should, should do that. You know, have a baby. He really likes animals. And I, should, I think Dick, Dick King Smith, he wrote some other big ones uh, whose names are escaping me right now, but he's a well-known children's, children's author. And I, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, what I like about Babe, and I like a lot of things about Babe, 
uh, and a lot of the older children's movies is that they start you off in a really dark place. I saw this movie. I was watching it on my phone. I know, I know. And I was in bed. Uh, my daughter was asleep next to me. And the first five minutes of this film had me reaching for whatever stuffed animal I had. I grabbed my teddy bear. I still I travel with a teddy bear. So I got a little home with me. And I was just looking over at my daughter going, oh, my God, because you have this dark factory with you know lights and little pigs. And there's this family of pigs there, and the mom gets taken away to go to the slaughterhouse, and then you just have this little pig, you have a little babe there, who just just cries out, "Mom!" And I'm like, "Oh God, oh God, this is not. I I can't. I like. I need to. I need to put this down. It's amazing. Like when I saw this in, at twelve, your daughter right next to you asleep and all sweet and innocent, and you can just give her hugs and yeah. be separated from her. That's that's." That's it. That's the worst thing that could happen as a child. It's the worst. It's the worst thing. It's the worst thing that happened. And it's it's so funny. I, I talk all the time about how the movie, the different parts of a film affect you as you age. And right off the bat, I thought, oh man, I being a parent is it has unintended consequences about what will like stupid manipulative car commercials will just send me into a just like a crying mess and this movie five minutes in already 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 pulled my strings and i thought and i had to brace myself going i am going to be a wreck by the end of this (laughs) story because it's about family it's about finding your own family and discovering who you are i'm like like oh fuck you george miller and chris noonan uh so uh so good and they're just they're there are all sorts of these moments. It's a movie that just is in love with being emotional, and that's fine. And it none of them feel forced. You always go, I accept that this film is playing with my heart, but that's okay because it is allowed to play with my heart. It's about animals. It's about discovering your true potential and breaking through the, the social constraints of that and about like a farmer saying that'll do pig to a, a pig and just like I'm done I'm, do- I'm done but this movie this movie does me in it did me in tw- uh, when I was 12 it does me in when I am now 35 I uh, spoiler I do so much love this film uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blabbering on Amy uh, for, like first impressions like where do you want to start on this one where's like what's what's on what's on your mind um I agree. The beginning is dark. I thought it was going to begin, and this is stupid. You know, you go in, you you have your little preconceived notions. It obviously made me think of Charlotte's Web, which is what I was raised on. Shout out to Paul and Templeton the Rat. I mean, come on. It's one of the greatest vocal performances. That's the genie from Aladdin. This is just as good. But it made me think of that. But at least Charlotte's Web like opens and it's springtime and everything's being born and happy. It's not like sending off pigs to the slaughterhouse and like the black and the rain and the the mechanical nipples that come down from that machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so sad. What, whatever happened? Whatever happened to the darkness in children's movies? Like happy, like ha- George Miller had it. You know, there's darkness in, in Happy Feet, but a lot of times it feels. Like we have for we we're too much we're coddling our kids too much. We don't have 
The Dark Crystal, which is still one of the most terrifying goddamn movies. The Dark ever. Crystal, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, heaven. where uh, they're like American Tale, gangsters. It's yeah, it's, there's like, Don Bluth films definitely veered. Oh off God, the yeah, Don, Don Bluth, he messed up. Last Unicorn was really disturbing at parts. I just recently watched that movie again, actually. What happened? Yes, but it was a realistic darkness. It wasn't a contrived darkness for darkness' sake. It's re- it's real. Yeah, it's they real. Get- it's it's speaking to and the children happens. in the in the audience, saying you're like I'm, you're- not the one, I'm not the one that ate bacon the day after I watched this movie. So it was just <laughs> I didn't have any control. They're like, here's some bacon. I'm like, mm, you babe, did it out of control. it's babe. But, all right, I'm hungry, and it's delicious. They offered it to me. What was I supposed to do? Say no to bacon? What? Am I a savage? Seriously. <laughs> um, kale smoothie for breakfast every day like I do. Come on. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, you start to, I start to notice the thing, uh, patterns in, in films and filmmakers. Uh, I've mentioned that this is about you know breaking... You know, breaking through, sort of breaking away from the things that hold you down. It's a very, it's a common theme in not only a lot of Best Picture winners and nominees, but also in a lot of George Miller's films. You know, Mad Max is basically about overcoming the loss of society and trying to find find your own way. Uh, but it does break me. You know, you know, you know what I paid attention to this time watching Babe is the social order of the farm. In particular, with uh, Hugo Weaving, who also played a very similar character in in Happy Feet. What did you, what did you make of uh, uh, his? You know, because he's the main main sheep dog. His, his his declaration that you know you have to be like you are who you are. How does that how does that affect you as a parent in in te- in raising two children and you want to see them succeed, but do you do you sometimes feel like you have to be the Hugo Weaving character? Be like you know, you're, you're, you're the, you're, I know you want to do this, but there is, there is an established way. How do you, as a parent, kind of wrestle with the wanting to make sure your kid knows about society, but also making sure they can flourish and do their own thing? It's a tough balance. And I think it also depends on who your child is. Okay. Because I mean, you do have to have a realistic view of your kids, but you have to you have to want things that that they can do and that they can flourish in, and they're not always going to flourish in the way that you want them to. So, William is if he takes after my husband is not going to be six foot five. So no, he's probably not going to get like a college scholarship for basketball. Hmm. Would okay. I ever tell him to not play basketball? No, but I'm realistic enough that he's probably not even going to be six feet tall, so we'll, we'll get him in where he is. But and, and just respecting that, my sister's a doctor. I was the artistic person in my family, and my parents were like, awesome, Susan's going to be this amazing doctor, and you're going to be this person that devotes her life to theater, and that's great. And my sister has a daughter who also really loves theater, which is stuff my sister was never really into. But she's like, no, you love this. You're good at this. So let's let's encourage you to to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's. That's, and I'm just going to force my son into theater. If he wants to try it, he can try it. But if he wants to do something else, I'm going to encourage it. Right. Yeah. But you're 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 open to that. 
the you know yes. the, the the dogs aren't uh you know so Hugo, Hugo Weaving's character is not and open it's to such a, it's it's not such a mess of survival either you know what I mean with my kids it's not getting them to survive it's getting them to like thrive etc yeah yeah because you know they you know they all know what what is the end result for a kid getting, on a farm and then accepting your child the way that they are with Elena it's you know she's got special needs but. I'm not thinking she's never going to work. She's going to live at home. It's like, great. If she could take college classes, if she could live in a group home and be independent, that's amazing. If it doesn't happen, I can accept that, but I'm not, I'm not downgrading what she can do based on what she can do now. Right. You're not, you're not looking at her and just going, okay, you are, you are like this. So therefore this is your, and there this are is parents, your path. And their parents are like that. As a teacher, I saw a parent of a student who, when the girl was in seventh grade, and she was in all regular classes, fully functional, everything was fine. And her mother had already decided, well, she's never going to be able to work a real job. So when she's 18, I'm going to put her on disability. And I thought, wow, way to set goals for your 13-year-old's daughter. And I thought, how sad is that, that, again, I have this daughter with actual special needs. And I'm hoping, no, I hope, I mean, yeah, she could have to probably be on disability, probably. But I don't, you know, if she can live out on her own and have a job and have a life, I love that. But if not, I'm not going to feel she failed at life. Yeah. You're not good enough, which is how another, the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, we are more than we are born into. We can be. We just have to, I mean, as hokey as it sounds, the movie about believing in yourself. If you're a duck who wants to be a rooster... A rooster? Ferdinand, you go, you you be the best rooster that you can be, and it's annoying as hell. I get that, but you know what? At least you're you're trying something different. And if you're a pig who wants all to... of this passion into it, I loved that duck. Oh, I love Ferdinand. Ferdinand's great. I love Ferdinand because he helped. He... His name is Ferdinand. Is just so charming. Yes, Ferdinand's the duck. I mean, come on, that's yeah. adorable. It's a it's a good name for a duck. It's a good name, but you know he's he's the, he's there. He's the he's the original babe. Like there is an entire movie. With just Ferdinand, you know, he leaves at one point, and goes on an adventure. I'm like, I want to know where Ferdinand goes, but he has his he has his own separate life in here. He's a fully formed character. That, and that's what I appreciate about the film is that the attention to detail in showing us the all the dogs, the cows, the sheep, and all of that. Like the sheep have their own little society of sheep. You know, you have you have, you have Ma. And you have the whole Ba Ram Yu uh, secret code at at the end. Uh, they they make these animals they make them so endearing that you don't ever like James Cromwell became a vegan after participating in this movie because he's like these are actual living creatures with thoughts and feelings and sure I can't understand them but they are they are they are they're more than they are more than food they should they deserve to have a happy I life that that makes me love him more oh yeah yeah he's a he's a interesting interesting guy and I have to say. Of uh, he's been in a lot of movies. This a is the fi- this is the film that will always be James Cromwell. He was in Babe. That's what that's it. Uh, that how most features him? I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, he, because he's always in he's always in movies that have great ensemble casts. L.A. Confidential comes to mind. The Green Mile comes to mind. You know what I mean? Like he's always with all these great actors. So. He's usually in the background, but in this, it's like you really—he gets—he gets a chance to shine. Yeah, again, he signed up uh, thinking because oh, I don't have that many lines. This should be a fun shoot, but he was basically in the entire movie. How um, 
How how is he in this in this film? Oh, he's so charming. <laughs> and I love him. I love he's such a kook. I love that he has all those old fashioned ways and he doesn't really want to modernize. Cause my husband and I had a long like while the, we were watching the movie together on Saturday night, we were like, where does this movie take place? Right. They sort of sound like they kind of have British accents, but not really. They don't sound American, but they don't really sound British either. And where's this enchanted place where they live? I mean, this was like driving us crazy. Yeah. But he's he's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's, one of, he's 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 very well cast. He's tall. He's uh, wiry. He he, he looks. It looks like he's coming out of a Norman Rockwell painting. I believe the film yes. was shot in Wales, some some yeah. idyllic British place. But I, they purposely uh, toned down all accents and gave the, and they give the film a timelessness yes. sort of quality. Like the the only real giveaway that this is kind of is in the past is the fax machine and yeah. <laughs> And which, I, which came out though, that was a new thing. Yeah, that was that was that was the new the newfangled the newfangled machine out there, like a home fax machine. Which I also also I never appreciated how important the fax machine was as a plot point. Like it was funny as a as a joke. Like here's a farmer. What's he gonna need a fax machine for? He does need the fax machine. It comes into play when he has to fax his uh, application to the sheepdog trial at the end. I got I thought oh. Well, well played movie. For some reason, I never, I never picked up on on that. I thought it was just a fun, cheeky little joke thing that they had are because hmm? are sheepdog trials real things? Sheepdog trials are real things. They are big news. My aunt goes away. I think every other weekend to go to sheepdog trials. She has a wall filled with ribbons and awards that she has won. Uh, she's very good. She's extremely good. And the dogs, I have to say, are great i love sheepdogs i love border collies they're uh some of my favorite my favorite dogs because i grew I, you know, I grew up you know going to see them and they're all very, very well well behaved because my aunt is a very oh. very good very good trainer they, they, they are they are a real thing and it, even if they aren't a real thing which they are the movie it, at the, the way they do it they it's just such a great little bit of drama you know he gets pushed to the end there's the deciding factor, like, oh, like you're a respected member and you want to bring this pig into the mm-hmm. into into our respected institution. How dare you, sir? And it's it's the the last the last twenty the last thirty minutes or so of this film are just uh, just great because you know, Babe shuts up all the haters towards towards the end, and it's like the, the it's the most perfect. It's like the most perfect sheepdog, sheep dogging you've once ever seen. It, you just, you just love it. it. The movie is filled with such love like that. You just like it's. It's like getting all the all of the sheepdog puppies just just jumping on you. And I like I wanted to have all the puppies on me. That's what this. That's how this movie makes you feel. And it does that through impressive use of te- of technical work. Uh, again, a mixture of fake. They used forty something pigs for the role of Babe, just because you know, pigs get bigger and they need to. No. They need to keep it, keep it the same. They use animatronics, light CGI. It's uh, it's it's really it's really great, and it tells just a very sweet story that I can't wait to show this movie to my 
daughter. Because I, and honestly, I am now singing the song to her. What did you think of James Cromwell singing the song to Babe? Oh, so, so good. I know. I wish I had something more intelligent to say about it than that, but it was just so sweet. And in not a saccharine way, it just seemed genuine. Like James, it was a very genuine performance. Like I totally believed him as, you know, with that old cap that he had and the sideburns that he had, like you totally buy him as this character. As this character who, who knows, who knows this song, who can do a little jig and sing and sing a song to a pig. Oh, the dance is great. I, I am a sucker for a dance. Yes, I'm a, I'm a sucker for this is um it's a it's a moment of I don't know, it's I don't want to say pure emotion, but it's not a moment of weakness. Like the char- the characters are down. And he's just he this is this is him stripped of all pretense. He's you know, he understands that you know what? This pig that I have shared adventures with that I, you know, I we had a bond when we first met. We've been through all of this. We've you know, been through rabid dogs and, and whatnot attacking our attacking our farms. We've been been through all of these things. This pig is family now, and I am going to take care of this pig as I would any member of my family. And it's just it's so sweet because he's like he's cradling it. He's giving it a bottle. He's giving Babe a bottle, and he, then he just starts singing, and it's. One, it's one of my favorite moments in cinema. I have to, I, I see that, I see this, I see it all the time. Whenever I watch this, and I just like break down and I'm like soaring. I'm getting emotional talking about it. I'm getting it. emotional talking about it. And I, I, I'm watching, I go, this is the scene that gets him the nomination. I, they may have even shown that when, you know, during his, uh, you know, and the nominees are part of the, the Academy Awards. It's, film of genuine heart it's it's got a lot of heart to it and it doesn't try to over unlike happy feet which i think happy feet does have a lot of heart it doesn't try to comp overly complicate the story with you know and now we're going to talk about you know why you shouldn't eat animals and why slaughtering is bad and you know all, all this stuff. it doesn't it doesn't get bogged down in in a bigger you feel message like you're being beaten over the head with a club during a public service announcement. No, no, you you are being the. It's subtle. It's it's so subtle. The mess the me- the message is just be yourself. And there's a. And there's you a, get all those other messages just from watching the movie. Yeah, and nobody has to tell you anything. You just sort of like you watch enough times, you're gonna go. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't eat pig. Maybe I should not eat pork. Shouldn't have had that bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. When they're when they're yeah, when it's food, they're oh, I the Duchess the cat. My, I, I love I love Duchess the cat because I hate Duchess the cat so much. It's got one of those prissy cat faces. I'm like, oh, you're just one of those. You're one of those terribly, terrible, oh, terrible cats. Like, I don't want to upset you. But, oh yeah, I just got that like oh. But what you know when they eat it, it's called pork or bacon. Like. You know, my mom, my mom loves Duchess. I, I am, well, hates cats. She loves Duchess. I don't know why. Mom, why do you like Duchess so much? <laughs> yeah. All the animals are great. I love Fly. I love, um, a lot of the animals are great. I wish we could know more about, like, there's some great, like, the cow. 
I do I do feel we don't want to get to know like a lot about the cow, but I understand that's kind of outside the scope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the music. I wish that I always feel like I'm running out of things to say just because I like this 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 movie so much. There's there's darkness, there's light, there's uh there's a lot. It's a very it's a very funny movie. Disturbing. The what? Ma, getting oh, yeah. That was rough. Yeah, and not and not just Ma. Like, Ma, and Ma was, didn't just die. Ma was straight up murdered. She had her throat ripped out by a dog. Like that is brutal. And this is a kids movie. It's rated G or rated PG. Like still not as dark as those early Don Bluth movies, though. Those are like, those will do like psychological damage to you. Yes, and I well, watch them now, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yes. But it, it's an ex. It's like a good entryway to talk about this. Talk about death. Talk about like here's what. Okay, where's Babe's mother going? Well, they're going off to the slaughterhouse. Like you can, you can by not by not by not by not like going like and here's like and by not following Babe's mother and be like here she is at the slaughterhouse and like showing all the graphic stuff. I think you can have this is a great film to show a little one. I can't wait to show my daughter this. Because it has just the right amount of darkness, and you like you show her something. I'm going to show her something, and we're going to pause, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to keep watching the movie. I think like I think this is almost a perfect movie for a for a for a kid, in terms of like this is how you're supposed to make stories. There's stories are supposed to have there's supposed to be sadness. There's supposed to be some despair. And some bad things are supposed to happen, but that's okay. And I think that's. Among the many lessons in the film, like in Toy Story three, where it's like, oh, they're all accepting their their fate of death. Like right. that's really heavy. This is like animals get killed, and that's how we eat pork. Like right, and, so, and sometimes well, it's a manageable thing. And wild dogs sometimes you know attack sheep, and that's and that's like that's what they do. Like that's like that's a natural thing. But it happens. It's not. Oh, look at all the characters that we love are resigning themselves to being burned in an inferno together, right. and they're just going to accept death. Like, but at least they're at least they're together. But here, no, babe, you know, like, and when babe like headbutts the 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 uh, the dogs, you're like, fuck yeah, babe, you, yeah, yeah. You, you you defend your friends and the whole misunderstanding. Yeah. It's great. It's and the whoever did the voice of babe also did a great job. Christine Kavanaugh. Christine because Kelly, yeah. that was that was always one of the things that, and I hate saying this because I was raised on that original Charlotte's Web. I did not like the voice of Wilbur. Whenever Wilbur started talking, I was like, "Ugh." Yeah. Well, Wilbur Wilbur had nothing to say except he was complaining about all of the good things Charlotte was doing for it. Wil Wilbur's the worst. But all the other ones were good. Debbie Reynolds as Charlotte. I mean, come on. Debbie Reynolds as Charlotte. We sing the we sing the Templeton, the one that the song that they sing at the fair. Oh, the what the food song the when he's there yeah. is a veritable smorgasbord yeah. where his work after the lights have ceased. Yes, we sing that to William like all the time. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a it's, it's a good song. yeah. The the voice yeah the voice workers are Christine Cavanaugh, funny and warm and uh like high like high pitched, kind of. I want I like I honestly I would call it a squeal. It sounds like she's squealing a lot. She just has this like this innocence. That's what I like. That's what, what I like about Babe. He's He's so innocent, he doesn't understand that the way things are, the way things are. So he's like, "What? I can be a sheep? Like my mom, quote unquote, is a is a is a sheep dog. Why can't I be a sheep pig? Like he doesn't understand that, and that's so great. I love that. And Christine Cavanaugh just just brings across this this joy, this this, this innocence to the character. This is and wonderful. And without being too saccharine about it either, though. 
because that would have gotten annoying. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it's a it's a tough role because you want to play it cute, but not overly saccharine cute, because then it just would have been nauseating. Because yeah. then then it would have been it it could have started to sound like Nicole Kidman in Happy Feet, or you know she's putting oh, on the the yes. breathiness like it's too high pitch. You're like you're trying too hard. This is the you, this is the right there's the right amount of restraint in this one. Happy Feet is very like it could. Comparing the two, which is which is why I wanted to see uh, have them both back to back. It's Happy Feet is it's so and Elijah much. Wood plays whatever the name of the Mumbles. Thing, I can't think. Yeah, Mumbles. Mumbles very oh, I'm so cute, and I have a little voice, and it's like you can dial that back a little. Yeah, bit. you you dial it there. But uh, one person, uh, one person that we actually Magda Subansky is in both films. Magda Subansky plays the mom, uh, Mrs. Hoggett in this film who she was oh she was great she was she was actually aged up about 20 years for this she was actually much younger at the time it's uh it's great she, yeah she's she's right and i was I, I just love her how dismissive in a playful way she is of farmer hoggett's like what are you like what are you doing why do you have that gun come on and the way in the way she's like okay now we feed the cat we feed her this this that on this on these days you feed like just the way he the way she yeah, the way she, I love how she is the boss of the household, and that's what Duchess says, like, the boss, and the boss's yeah. husband. You're like, oh, I see, I see, you have a different perspective on things. Yeah. But you have her, and you also have uh, Hugo Weaving, who is the complete opposite of Christine Kavanaugh, bringing that gruff Elrond voice to, uh, to, to, the, to the role that, uh, and also as well as in uh, Happy Feet, sort of a standard uh, uh, George Miller player. Uh, that that I think I think the voice the voice work in here is is great. In uh in a way that I think a lot of, because it I think because it is real it is real it's real it's quote unquote real animals. The voice work. You have to be a little more aware of what you're doing. It's not just yeah, and there are gonna be penguins flying around and all dizzying uh, acrobatics. It's a little, it's a little, a little odd, but the the grounded nature of this, I think, put people into a like a better, better mindset for recording their recording their audio because I'm not saying this film has happened in the world, but this you know it's a story that feels like it could happen if such things were possible, and who's to say if such things are not possible because you know, time is infinite. And, and whatnot. So, Babe has. What I'm saying is that Babe has probably happened somewhere in the uni- in the infinite universe at some point or another, <laughs> or in the past, or will in the future. It's just, it just, it just happened. I've been. It's just. Been... Did you want to buy all the animals? Did you want to? Did you just want to get a farm and buy all the animals? I wanted a little pig. You want a little pig? I did. Yeah. I wanted I think... a little pig because when he was like asleep at first, I was like. Aww. When they were all like nursing on the mom, Aww, yeah, oh, that's so cute. Pigs are actually very good animals. I'm just glad that there weren't any goats. Goats are evil. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Sand sealed. And llamas, alpacas, llamas, and goats are evil. That's it. Just like the cloven, fuzzy animals. Like my... it's the crazy eyes. It's they do the have the, the, the those weird slit eyes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a little odd. It's a little odd. Uh, another another question. Would you agree with Ferdinand? Christmas is carnage. <laughs> For animals, yes. 
for people, I think it's carnage too. Just emotional carnage because, like, we look for we look forward to the holidays, but do we really look forward to the holidays? Think of all the shit we have to deal with. Like nobody. There's maybe, stressful times. It's very stressful. Maybe it's more Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is certainly carnage, but Christmas, like, you gotta get stuff for the kids. It's it's. It's it, the thing is the difference is is that Thanksgiving is a day. Thanksgiving is an, a season. Thanksgiving is a day. You look forward to it. You eat your meal. That's it. Christmas is a whole season of stress, and it any any problems you have are magnified at Christmas. Financial. How am I going to buy all these people gifts? There's all expectations. There's traveling, which is very expensive. If you feel lonely, that's going to be magnified because there's just parties, and you're either invited or you're not. And if you're not, and if you assume everybody else is doing it, so it seems like everybody else has a lot of money. Everybody has all these friends. So it's it's magnified in a lot of places in the country, not in the too deep south, but it's cold. The days are shorter. It gets dark earlier. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is, Ferdinand, we get it. Yes, Christmas is carnage to you, but we have our own shit to deal with too as the purveyors of Christmas. Like, I I, I, I feel you. I understand you, Ferdinand. No, I don't get it. it Totally different. Totally different. Um, finally, I think one of the most famous scenes or famous lines to come from this movie is the final the final words spoken by Farmer Hoggett uh, at the end of the Sheepdog rally. That'll do, pig. Oh. Have you, not having seen the movie, have you ever just used this on anybody before? I haven't. Do you want to now? Do you just want to go, that'll do, pig. Yes. Oh, and he says it. It's he's saying so many things. He's saying so many things, and then the the sunlight comes, and like it's the one. It's the one moment of you're you're actively manipulating me now, but it's at the end, and you've earned it. The sunlight shines down on the two of them through the clouds. You go, hmm. That's that'll that'll do. Pick. I use it. I use I use that line all the time. Uh, I I feel like I shouldn't. It was spoofed uh, wonderfully in um, Zombieland. <laughs> When uh when uh Woody Harrelson said it to uh Zuckerberg there, it's just, it's just, it's one of those ubiquitous things, and I'm so glad this movie caught on so much that even now we can say it and people will still get like oh yeah that's what he says and yes. that's what he says in Babe and it, it's like that's a sign of a good screenplay. George Miller, you wrote a you wrote a very good screenplay for this one. I'm glad you were nominated. I'm sorry you lost, but you did lose to Emma Thompson, so you know. We're not going to feel so bad about you because Sense of Sensibility is a great. You can't compete. You can't really compete with a Jane Austen adaptation written by someone who has a master's degree in literature from Cambridge. Like, no, you probably, tough, probably can't. That's a tough one. It is it is it is a tough one. So uh, we come now to the end, and Amy, my question to you is: Should Babe have won Best Picture that year? No. No. Okay. You just want to end it, end it there? Or? And here's the thing, is that emotionally, I mean, my, my favorite movie of that year was Sense and Sensibility, but I don't even know if that should have won Best Picture. Braveheart, well, flawed, I think is still a very iconic film. And just when you say, oh, people know, you know, that'll do pig. Uh, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. I mean, come on. That's been spoofed. A yeah, bazillion so and a half times. Blue face and, and yeah, you know, and that's 
like I said, just a billion and a half times. I still, I'm not really, even though it wasn't my favorite quote unquote movie of the year, I'm not really going to argue with the fact that it won. And if it wasn't that, The Usual Suspects also came out that year and that movie kicks ass and is just, again, just as iconic today as it is. That that movie's a timeless film. Movie movie is great. And people, I just want to point out, when it comes to Usual Suspects, People think that it is a Brian Singer vehicle, but no, the the special one there is actually Christopher McQuarrie, who did, uh, the, who wrote, won the Academy Award for that, and would later go on to direct a lot of Mission Impossible films. He's really the special one in that. So, just remember, screenplays matter. And if we're talking about movies that, like I said, Sense and Sensibility gutted me, and it's like everything that I find romantic and wonderful and lovely is in that movie. Okay. Everything. It's a great movie. It's a, it's a great film. I look forward to revisiting that upon in the future, perhaps for someone's birthday. I don't know. Maybe not your birthday. Maybe Emma Thompson's birthday. I don't know when she was born. <laughs> As for me, I would. You know what? Braveheart. Yes, it does have those that flawless the, that uh, not. It's it's flawed. It's bad. If it does have those iconic moments. Uh, the, the battles are certainly great. The blue face, the freedom, crying freedom, like everybody knows that. The Not music. so historically accurate. Like, we'll give Hor- you that. Horrendously, horrendously historically inaccurate. I, I, think, I, I, like, I think Babe should have won. I, it, it is probably the 12-year-old in me watching this that uh, thinks that. But I, this is, to me, a... As, a, a Pretty perfect movie to me. I just I love it from beginning to end. I love the little chapter markers. I love the mice singing. Oh, chapter and, markers are the key. I, 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 I love love when a film can really pull off chapter markers. Unlike say the Sting, which cannot pull off. I, it's so annoying in the Sting, but here, I there there's so there's so much to, there's so much to love, and I was looking for things to hate, and I'm like I'm coming up empty on like things that I can criticize. Maybe, maybe they could have made the relationship between farmer the farmers hog it a bit more but ah, who not not the point not the point i i just genuinely love this movie and i think more people should see it and i think it got a bad rap because it wasn't you know it was it was a kid's movie and whatever and i i think it could be i think it's a very strong contender for best picture that if we uh could go back in time and redo it i like to think that more people would give the award to babe and then, like Braveheart, could be number five of five, and we'll, we'll we'll toss around the rest later for another discussion. But this has been a fun conversation, and thank you all for listening to this episode of the Oscar Watch Podcast. If you have complaints or thoughts, do write us in at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail dot com, and be sure to send in your own requests we are doing an entire month of listener requests this christmas our gift to you write us in a film that won best picture was nominated for best picture that you think really should have been nominated for best picture write us an email with a little blurb as to why you think that we should talk about this movie or why you love this movie so much or if you want to be very fancy why you hate this movie so much why we should really talk about it why it didn't deserve it why it shouldn't have been nominated oh why i love a good shredding <laughs> i love a good we love a good shredding too we we want it we want to hear from you we've gotten a bunch in already so thank you for those who have sent it in send us in 
oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at oscarwatchpod. Amy handles a lot of that stuff, and I'll try to be more of a presence on here promoting this great little listener request thing that if it goes well, we're going to have it more often. Absolutely. And next week, it is October, and we have actually gone through pretty much all of the movies that were nominated for horror. Yes, we're get, we'll get to get out at a later point, I promise, but for now, we have three weeks of Should Have Been a Contenders coming at you. And next week, we start off with one of the biggest, most iconic 1980s, The Shining, with special guest host. So I am uh, I'm very much looking forward to revisiting this film. It is a movie that stays with you forever and ever and ever. And we invite you to come along and hang out at the Overlook with us. Should be a good it should be a good time. Yes. And until then, we'll see you at the red carpet. If I had words to make a day for you, I'd sing you a morning golden and true. I would make this day last for all time, then fill the night deep in moonshine. If I had words to make a day for you, I'd give you a morning golden and true. I would make this day last for all time. Mm-hmm.